And I say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Daddy, let's do this. Live from the Liar's Lair, it's the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. And I'm Michael. We are happy to welcome you here to episode one, where the music is just too damn loud. But the rent is too damn high. And our penises are too damn small. But this way, we're not going to get sued when three people listen to the podcast. Which yep. is important. Mm-hmm. We want to start off on the right foot. Speaking of the right foot, do you have a sponsor for the episode? For this episode? Yeah. No. We oh, do I not you have said any you had sponsor. a sponsor. Uh, no, I mean, I inside the episode already. Yes, I mean, those are the ones we will be recording later, not yeah. these ones. So, um, what else do we need to say in an intro? What, what we're saying is, is um, we had put in introductory music to our, you know, initial episodes here, uh, and we were imbeciles because we didn't clear them first. And so now, <laughs> to prevent any further litigation in the future, we are going to be, you know, introing the shows this way. So, this is your first foray. Congratulations. Technically, it's our first foray as well. So this yeah. is episode one, Dixieland Jazz. If you like dicks, you're in for a treat. This yeah. is the land of them, the land of the dicks. Yeah, essentially what you're saying is we're taking all of the walkie-talkies, or we're taking all the pistols out of the movie and replacing them with walkie-talkies. I mean, if you want to be an extraterrestrial, John, we can. Michael, are you here? I am, I am, I... You're presenting I, this episode, yeah, so you've got a lot to say. Yeah, well, yes, I do. A director's cut. Like, what, what was going through your head when you when you recorded this? Um, I guess sheer terror. Because um, I, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, this is like some commentary or yeah. something. In well, space, no one will hear you podcast. Is it Ooh, true that like Barbara it. Streisand endorsed the episode? I wish. No. This is episode one. So, uh, for those who are, are not quite, you know, hep to the lingo here because you haven't been here before, congratulations. We haven't been here before. Yeah. But, uh, so we'll, we'll throw this at uh, Mike and let him give you kind of the idea or what germinated, uh, you know, here to cause this little podcast to happen. Yeah. So, essentially, one day I was sitting at work. I work at a pizza shop. And the owner came up to me and told me that um, Little Caesars uses liquid cheese for their mozzarella. And I'm like, well... He know he sounds he, he knows what he's talking about. He runs a pizza shop, so why not? I believed it. And I was talking to another friend a couple days later, and I mentioned that, and he's like, "Why? What, that makes no sense." I'm like, "Shoot, yeah." And I just believed my owner, the store owner, because he had authority. Yeah. He he sounded like he knew what he was talking about. It's a man that knows cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Obviously. Is this I what Pizza Gate is actually? <laughs> No, <laughs> well, I had I had one of those on my amplifier a couple of years ago, and it's just it was the cheese gate actually. It was. Okay, yeah, because anyway. I can't legally talk about Pizza Gate, uh, <laughs> but you can. It's just in the Mueller report. It's going to come out one way or the other, and that is a cheesy joke, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Congratulations! So... Yep, there's oh, a, the, pun number one. One uh, minute forty five seconds. <laughs> you had like a two two and a half minutes. Yeah, maybe. there's going to be a lot of puns. Already problematic because we were going on Romani time. Yep, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm here for. I am the Punisher. So that's... all right. Anyway, anyway, anyway. yeah, yeah. So, so you you wanted to sort of like call his credulity in question going forward. It was like, how could you lie to me so bald facedly? Yeah, yeah. So just because he said it with authority, I believed him, and I realized that that happens a lot. Where you know you might have heard something 
like on a news show or you know someone mentioned in passing and you're like well they sound like they know what they're talking about cool it's like that uh, the science experiment where they would you know have people submit other people to torture in another room oh, you the... know and essentially just because there is someone in the room telling you that yes you you need to keep hitting that button even though you hear someone audibly screaming on the other side of the glass they just have to keep running it's you know i can't remember the name of it's that. like a facet of operation paperclip or something but no it's not i'm just kidding <laughs> Hey, we're full circle. Those damn German geneticists. <laughs> no one can trust them. It's like uh, your pretty face is going to hell. You've seen it. Oh, no. I said that Henry Zabrowski's like, character you know, as a demon, and like I think it's the first episode is whipping one of the guys, like whipping one of the the people that's in hell, and he's not doing a really good job because he's really overweight. And he's like kind of like huffing. He's like, oh man, I'm really tired. I need a break. And the guy's like, just hand me the whip. Like I'll whip and I'll scream. And then he screams and then he whips him. And Henry's like. Hey, you have you have to be convincing if you're going to give me this break. Like you have to, you have to whip. whip ah! <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's but, a good pull. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's why I wanted to start this podcast because I feel like you can talk about any sort of topic. You don't even really have to be super educated in it, but as long as you say it with enough conviction, you bullshit it enough, like people will believe you. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do here. I'm going to talk about the history of Dixieland jazz. Now, Dix, where we're putting the emphasis on that, right? Dixieland. Dixieland jazz. Yes, yeah. yes like yes. Dix, period, capital Can, E uh, land. You say that in your announcer voice? Dixieland. Beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to talk about Dixieland history. And I'm gonna slip in a couple of lies before we before we really get started. Though I th- I mean I really want I have yes. a, something that's very important to talk about. There is an actual squatty potty in this house. There is, and I I need to. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, fucking dogs. Uh, <laughs> so what? I mean, do you feel like you really reach full evacuation by you know throwing your knees up at your chest? If anything, it's very zen. <laughs> to sit sometimes, like you're an idiot sometimes this, I feel you know. sometimes I feel like it actually does work. Oh, and it, it other actually, times it does. I've I've done research on this. Yeah, I have one too. So you, you, <laughs> you've had like a woman, you know, lay down in front of the toilet and you just put your feet up on her and then shit. Okay, but oh, I, will well, say, I mean, I that that wasn't research. That was experience. I was like, I thought we all did. I that. will yeah, yeah, say yeah. that. I weigh myself when I wake up in the morning, and sometimes, most times after using Squatty Potty, I'll weigh myself again, and it's usually consistently about a pound. So, this, I mean, you're making a post-hoc fallacy there, John. I'm just going to throw that out. I, I washed my car, and it started raining, and the two don't necessarily always correlate. You could lose a pound, you know, just by um, sweating. Let's, let's circle back here. Okay. I do think it works. Okay. But even if it didn't work... I feel more relaxed when I use it. Okay. I feel it's a lazier way to shit, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah because uh, it doesn't overtax uh, your sphincter. I think yeah. I think that's the muscle. Some of in us these like to day, overtax in our, our days sphincter. Are trying, these trying times, oh do you really, really, you really want to really overwork your sphincter? Yeah. Uh, this episode has been brought to you, by the way, by Squatty Potty. Never too early to try. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it's actually brought to you by Benoit Balls, the more appropriate way to tax your sphincter. <laughs> Than just shitting normally. That's how you get sponsors, right? You just throw out random, throw ads. it, and pretend like you have it, and, and then, then Wesley eventually... Willis it afterwards. <laughs> All right, see what develops. Uh, the general principle of what we're trying to do here is we are going to present a topic, uh, one that hopefully one of the three of us is fairly well informed on. Uh, they will then sort of attempt to cloy 
a few lies. Presumably three is the, the what three we're... around. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, as the story is being told or as the topic is being explained or fully flushed out, they will leaven in or work in a few of those lies so that mm-hmm. it, the other two co-hosts are then trying to ferret out what is the lie, what is the disinformation amongst the real information. So that's what we're trying to do here, for those of you who are not aware. Mm-hmm. I think when I was talking to Mike, it's kind of adjacent to a bit on Reply All called Yes, Yes, No. Except it's not with tweets. And in Yes, Yes, No, they're not planting lies. And I mean, for those of us that are on the you know the old Smodcast Network as well, Tell em Steve Days has something like this. It's called a One True Three, where they will tell, uh, you know... A couple of stories or there are three things that they throw out and only one of them is actually true. The other two are lies. So essentially you have to pick out which is the correct story. So yeah, it's it's a, you know, it's a time old tale of people just trying to get one over on their friends. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So then I'll say my bit and then you guys can ask clarification questions. Obviously, if I say the word wrong or something doesn't make sense, you can ask like, hey, what, what do you mean by that? And then at the end, you'll you'll have a couple of questions or something like that to... Uh, try and flesh out, trying to catch me in the act of lying. Yeah. Okay. And by and large, what we're really trying to do is just make one another crack up and be entertaining. Yeah. So much like who's lying, the points don't matter and oh, no one really wins. Bitch. Yes. You're welcome. I got mm-hmm. there before. I was there. I just <laughs> didn't want to go there. Yep. Okay. I will be the Drew Carey of this group. Congratulations. I'm the only fat man in the room. So I just oh, get to play I was going to say, I, like, Drew Carey has, has, no, he's not bald. No, I, I, but I mean, you know, he's a fat guy. So that's, that's the closest correlation I could make. I mean, it sounds legit I don't think me. anyone needs to be Drew Carey. I think we need to be our own people. I, I want to be Drew Carey. <laughs> he's a WWE Hall of Famer, John. Wait, what? I feel like that's an episode mm, for another time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you moving almost on. Got me there. You almost got me there. <laughs> uh, no, that is actually a thing. I'm sorry. That's, I'm just going to spoil that up front. He is actually in the Hall of Fame for the World Wrestling okay. Entertainment. So, Shoot. so if yeah. we get to episode four. <laughs> Drew Carey. <laughs> or the WWE Hall of Fame. Ooh. That would be good. <laughs> That'd be anyway. interesting. Okay, moving on. So, Dixieland uh, started around the turn of the 20th century. Has a lot of musical influences. Now, John, the 20th century. <laughs> for those who don't know, it's, it's the XX century. So it's not as great as the... 30th century. But, you know, it also means, you know, we're talking about the... <laughs> I see where you're at. <laughs> we're talking about the 1900s. And I know that's confusing, because you go, you know, 19 to 20, and it's somewhat discongruous to your mental state. I may not have rhythm. <laughs> However, I can count. <laughs> I can has counts. Two, okay. two, four, right? Yes. Four. Oh. I mean, Unfortunately, in jazz, it's way more than four, and they play all the notes. They do play all the notes. They do. Nothing cowboy chords. So some of the influences that they have are like ragtime, military brass bands, actually. So like marching bands and stuff. Uh, blues, gospel, African tribal beats. If it existed at around the turn of the century, it probably influenced Dixieland at some point or another. Okay. There's a... So there's a lot of anguish that yes. informs this music is what we're trying to get to. Yes. Simmering underneath all of this is just suppression, chains, and woe. Yeah. Actually, that kind of is a good description of it. Um, <laughs> so we have, uh, for instrumentation, it's fairly specific. 
Okay. Uh, we got a trumpet or a cornet. They play the melody. The it's pretty much they set the sort of like line that everyone's going to play around. Okay. Okay. Then you have the clarinet, who pretty much just improvises on that melody, that baseline melody. You got the, a tuba, so that actually is where the marching band comes in. You have the tuba that plays the baseline. Okay. Uh, then you have the trombone, who's only really there to play sound effects like smears or uh, glisses. So like the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> literally just contextual noises. Okay. Um, then you have a piano and a ba- banjo. I almost said banjo. Banjo. Yeah. <laughs> the banjo. The banjo. <laughs> where the squatty potty is utilized <laughs> as a slide. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> ah. They play the chords and the drum keeps a beat. Pretty easy. Okay. One of the main differences between Dixieland and like just other forms of jazz is that it's collective improvisation. So instead of just you have uh, some people play like an already written down melody or uh, harmonies or whatever, everyone is actually playing around what the one trumpet or the cornet is. So kind of counter melodies. Yeah, so everyone is improvising at the same time. Okay. So how most pieces are written, they start with a simple melody. Trumpet plays something like just very simple, very like almost four chords or something like that. Okay. Uh, and then they'll find people will start improvising around it. And once they find what works, what sounds good, then they'll take that and modify the melody to fit, right? They'll keep doing this where they keep building upon these simple melodies and these improvisations until eventually when they come up with the final product, it doesn't sound anything like the original and it very complex. Everything is very complicated and stuff, but it's still something that everyone can improv over. So we'll call the the structure is very much like making a cake. You will start out with whatever the foundation is, and then you layer on whatever cream you want to on the top. If you want to continue and get even further down the rabbit hole, another layer of cake, more stuff on top of that. But essentially, the structure is the same. Yeah, you're just making it a little bit different with dressing it up and things to dance around. What the main, you know, substance mm-hmm. is. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Okay, cool. <clears throat> I, I do metaphor. That's what I do. Hey, it, if it helps describe it, that's that's all, that that's all I'm here for. It. Yeah. All right, so a little bit of history now. Uh, so Nashville was the birthplace of Dixieland, right? as it was a musical melting pot. So, Like fondue. Yes. So we had... Different cheese. Yeah, cheese. we had different cheeses, right? So we had <laughs> European immigrants from like Germans, Irish, they brought their musical traditions from their culture, from their like mozzarella. Yeah. And they, well, that's where we get tuba and lederhosen, Germans. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I didn't mention that. Everyone has to wear lederhosen when they play. It's a Of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Why number 1? Done. <laughs> Picked it. No. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. So Shoot, I, I lost. Okay, <laughs> I lost my place because I, I had to talk about the later hose in there. Um, <laughs> Didn't we? All? So we had the European immigrants. We had uh, Afro Creole, which is pretty much their culture group. That Creole is a term that describes people that were of French or Spanish descent that were born in the Americas. Okay, so like pretty much people that were French or Spanish and were also black. And if okay. you're a fan of voodoo, get on it. Yes. I don't uh, and then just general African-American culture, just all those sort of cultures together. Okay. Now, obviously this wasn't as uh, enlightened times as it is today, so there was a lot of racism, obviously, um, because it's any time other than today. But the birthplace actually had relatively, and I say relatively because obviously, uh, relatively little um, racial segregation. 
So instead of it being very separate, everyone was pretty much, the, the article I read said, cheek to jowl, which I thought was a little odd of a statement. Okay. Um, but everyone was pretty much living together. Um, and so because of that, musical ideas were able to flow. Styles were able to flow mm. back and forth. Okay. Dancing cheek to cheek, as it were. Yes. Okay. I wonder I if it. it was a, I wonder if it was a ton in cheek reference to that. Uh, hopefully. It's very cheeky. Because that would be well done. great. Um, so the original bands included brass and wind instruments because of their availability Because from pretty much Civil War had a lot of marching bands like on either side of the troops or whatever. There was always entertainment. There was always bands trying to signal and stuff. So there was a large availability of brass and wind instruments in this area. And if you have, you know, broken weaponry, you just melt that down yeah. and just make yourself a tuba. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. It's very Game of Thrones approach. <laughs> Instead of a throne, it's a tuba made out of... It's from the swords of my enemies. We've melted down to make tuber. <laughs> uh, Hand me a tuber. I'll get something out of it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> what can I use you for? So anyway, we got so, these rats and the tubas and the... Uh, so, broad proliferation of wind instruments, easier to make. Yes, easier to make, a lot more. Pretty much anyone and everyone had access to these, so anyone could pick up an instrument and play it. So whenever there were either there were marching bands that were always having festivals, uh, funerals, any sort of like cultural thing, other people would either be there to pick up on those styles and they would be able to play it themselves, but since they weren't constrained by those traditions, they can experiment with them. And because that musical idea has traveled, it pretty much led to a lot of... Um, proliferation put it pretty nicely um then also starting in around 1897 the city's red light district uh it was called storyville pretty much was developed and opened up and that gave a lot more uh, musicians uh opportunities to play indoors instead of just out on the streets uh, especially because you couldn't really get a marching band into a house to perform right so it allowed people that didn't necessarily have as many opportunities to play instead of just like jamming out on the street, they were able to play inside. And because they were able to play inside, they were able to use different instruments like a piano. So because of that, they were able to do introduce like ragtime elements into this. So ragtime was already added to the dozens of other musical influences that they were you know, getting. Right. Uh, let's see. Now towards the 1910s, Dixieland started migrating up the Mississippi River to places like Memphis, St. Louis, and Chicago. Mostly through the Underground Road. Mm, yes, exactly. It was actually <laughs> built... Entirely disparate time frames. We were fine. <laughs> it was actually built underneath the Mississippi River. That's Harriet Tubman around. started ragtime, as we all know. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. yes. That's how the jets around the world, we know. Yes. Uh, I'm so lost. <laughs> John is just like doe-eyed, staring into the middle distance now, like, where... Staring into infinity. What's the Tell what's a river? What now? I know. <laughs> you said people of color, huh? <laughs> and and problematic. <laughs> All right, let's Keeping see. It. Let's see how many people that we can uh, upset or uh, offend. So we'll change there. the name to there the Alienist Podcast three, immediately. Three listeners right now. And they're us. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I would really. Listen. Well, there's that one. And guy, I'm not going to listen. I think it's the guy in Azerbaijan right now who's listening, or Soviet Georgia that might be just picking this up. On yeah, his... I reckon they do have good ideas on that entire podcast. <laughs> that is neither an Azerbaijani or Soviet Georgia accent. 
<laughs> no, everyone from Georgia sounds like that. Oh, oh everyone from Georgia. Okay, so that's that. Uh, the country, not the state, right? Both. Uh, I was okay. told that my, you know, cousin came over, we make the kiss and have the fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Wouldst thou care to play my banjo? I have one here for all purposes. God. Okay. So, speaking of that banjo, uh, one they one pretty much great segue. By the way, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to let that one pass us by. That was a marvelous no. segue. <laughs> I tried. I tried. You did it excellently. So the style started uh, changing from once it started spreading because that's what people do. Mm. Um, once it got to Chicago, okay, that's when some other instruments were switched out. The tuba was replaced with the bass, string bass. Uh, banjo was replaced with a guitar and then someone was like let's take a sax and put it in as well and that's pretty much kind of like as it evolved it turned into the big band jazz of like the 30s and 40s because who doesn't want a little sax yeah right mm-hmm. um dirty sax as well Ooh, i mean that's on honestly the only kind of sax i listen to i normally prefer sax on the beach but it's a little strong depending upon you know the not, wind picks up i'm not a big fan of uh sand just no. everywhere so. Okay, so now you're Hayden Christensen. Well done. It's all that sand. It's just coarse and it gets everywhere. Mm. Natalie Portman's in front of me, but I'm bitching about this. Angst. Angst. Stay with us, Watkins. Stay with us. Oh, Come I'm, on. I'm so... I'm here. Speaking of Chicago, one of, there was actually a, a band that had migrated from the heart of Dixieland to Chicago, and they were actually the first band to record a jazz song. Okay. It, they were called the um, Original Dixieland Jazz, spelled J-A-S-S, band, which it was re- it was later renamed, re- later changed to Jazz, with two Zs. Apparently, that was one way that people spelled jazz back then. Or so, they, it was short for Jasperilla. Probably. Yes. That seems more reasonable. Yes. Um, I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's not it's, a it's, thing. It's like a, it's like a jazzy style of sarsaparilla. Or it's jazzafras, I think was actually what it is. Well, that sounds about right. <laughs> okay. Um, so the original five members, which were all white, I just want to specify that. It's important to note because, you know, typically most music is co-opted by, you know, Caucasians. Mm-hmm. That which is a great band name, actually, co-opted by Caucasians. <laughs> I think is, uh, you know, perfect going forward. But, I mean, that's the blues resurgence in particular happened predominantly because a lot of Brits decided they really enjoyed, you know, American folk music and then American jazz music and let's start making our own. But they just play all the classics and then you get Led Zeppelin so or Cream or any of the other things. like you know. And a great transition to that, who brought jazz to England? This band, actually. Oh, yes. Jasperilla. So, no. <laughs> the original Dixieland Jazz Band. Or the Jazz Band, as yes. we know. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, they were brought together by a cornetist named Nick LaRocca. They set up shop in Chicago, uh, attracting crowds with their lively tempos and their outlandish stage antics, like the trombonist would play with his foot. Um, like you do. I know. It was, it was very risque back in the day. That's how you get a little English on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like it. <laughs> Sorry. I, when, when you said English, I was like, oh, we're talking about England. But then I huh? saw your hand. Huh? His hand made the turning, which is what the term is for pool, English in a bowl. Huh? Huh? Yeah, look, look at me. Behold. No, okay. 
the dogs are barking again. Yes. And by that, I do not mean that my feet are somewhat tired after a long day of exertion. <laughs> the literal dogs are barking. Uh, let's see here. Yes. So... Okay, so the, the jazz band mm-hmm. uh, brought the stuff across the pond mm-hmm. because, you know, there's all of this pomp and circumstance and they're throwing a little bit of gimmick at you with the music as well. Yeah. So then their fame or notoriety led them to other places because, like, I want to see this guy that plays with his feet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they started right. in Chicago. They eventually later moved to New York. And it was there that they recorded their first, uh, their first, I guess, record uh, called... Library Stable Blues, or alternatively, Barnyard Blues. And they called it that because at several times in the actual recording, uh, they have, I think, a trombone makes a donkey noise, a donkey brain, mm. and the clarinet makes a bunch of squeaking noises. Clarinet More so than usual. Up record saying? Uh, I think that was actually animal sounds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, and the reason why they were so, they, they were the ones that pretty much, like, popularized jazz and spread it out to just Chicago or pretty much up and down the Mississippi. Um, now, did this happen by riverboat? That actually is how some, uh, musicians, like, migrated to Memphis and St. Louis by it's playing a, on riverboats. It's river an easy boats. gig, yeah. yeah I was yeah, saying, yeah. it's, uh, you know, one, you get a little income while you're doing it, and then it's a great way to relocate. It's yeah. Just, hey, we're going to take the barge up the river, and then there you are. Yeah, yeah. You know, akin to how a lot of the other stuff, they tend to have a lot of parades in New Orleans and, and down in the good old Creole sector, so. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I got you. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'll say is kind of a little bit of controversy. So, in his later years, uh, La Roca... Um, he spent pretty much the latter part of his life saying that his band were the creators of jazz, okay. which is not true. Um, but he would fiercely defend that and pretty much get in. Well, it's like the guy who created boy bands, right? He's yeah. just, I'm the first one who put a proliferation of, you know, attractive looking boys together <laughs> and had them sing songs. Yeah, that was uh, a boy's men, right? Uh, like Kanye tweeting, I don't need a manager anymore. I can't be managed. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I would say that that yeah. would be the like, like the forties. I don't need of that. people to tell me about jazz. I created jazz. Yes, but yeah. I mean, also that you know, is it De Roca? No, De La Roca. La, Wait, we're La talking Roca. about Rage La Roca. Against the Machines. I was going to say because you know, then his his great grandson Zach went on to found Rage Against oh, the Machines. Fuck Machine. you! I wanted to tell me shame. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yeah, that's, that's uh... just another bomb track, John. Apparently, <laughs> that's. Son of a bad thing. Goodness. Lights out. Um, Grill yeah. radio. <laughs> so I guess yeah, shut up. <laughs> the last thing I'll really say is that they were, their importance wasn't necessarily their music or even their controversy. It was more that they just helped popularize jazz uh, that no one really knows about them unless you can. They spread the gospel. It's, yeah. They're kind yeah. of the lightning rod for the medium, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like it's just diffused everywhere. They are the thing that sort of polarizes and gets everybody there in order to allow them access to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So that was pretty much it. That was all I really wanted to say about it. The Dixieland Jazz Sass Frass Band. Yes. Yeah. Jazz of Frass. Cool. Jazz of Frass up your ass, I think. <laughs> that was their initial, uh, you know, pull quote. So I actually have only two lies in here. Yes, only I two hope lies. that you can I do demark the stab them in without red. asking. Yeah, please. Questions. Yeah, is one of the lies the name of the album? No, fuck. That's well, because, <laughs> I mean, a livery is actually a thing. So yes, I had my annual. I'm okay. <laughs> my livery is fine. <laughs> Listen, I've called you an alcoholic for years. We've all known this. <laughs> 
based on it. It's just listen. You're shaking like a Parkinson's patient right now. Well, that's why just I'm because gonna you go ahead. They can't hit. see the shaking. All they can hear is the drinking. I was like, <laughs> the amount of stimulants <laughs> and depressants being consumed in this room because like I'm I'm rocking the, the coffee. You're you're rocking the alcohol. And then, you know, Mike's, Mike's got the heroin. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I got amphetamines in my bag. If anyone wants them, we can... Uh... Oh, we're going to juice this party oh, up yeah. right quick. Gonna okay. Be, gonna so that's actually their third album title. <laughs> I've got the amphetamines in my bag. <laughs> okay, guessed so it I by Lead up, Belly, apparently. I used up one of, uh, one of the guesses, so I guess... <laughs> Uh, so we're are, we're taking multiple stabs at this, presumably, as we get like two guesses if there's two lies. Yeah, I, I mean, I can say I would say that you both would get just to make it easy three guesses a piece, and you can ask questions. You can probably, I'll just arbitrarily say you can ask three in depth questions. Okay, and I will try my best, and I will say if I don't know the answer because I won't add a secondary lie to that. Okay, um, my first guess is um, the clarinet is not an instrument. No, it is actually an instrument. <laughs> but Were also you really trying to outdo that my shitty. Guess? Yes, I, I just wanted to get under you if I could. So while it is not only an instrument, it was also an instrument that was part of Dixieland jazz. Yes, yes, um, and it then later the name of a famed manager in professional wrestling. I feel like Jim Cornette. I feel like we've just been doing way too much uh, Bloodborne, Sekiro, Dark Souls things that I just want to stab and fail. Um, <laughs> I just saw you die. I mean, flash that guy the didn't my play with right his now. feet. No. Uh, yes, as far as I'm aware. I mean, it's not difficult to. I mean, I played trombone back in the day. It's not difficult to play with. I mean, you can just prop it up and move it. You know, it's yeah, your, like you how Kurt Cobain yeah. shot himself with a shotgun. I, I thought Corbin <laughs> was standing easier, in front of him. That's how that happened. Than the shotgun. Um, so, was was that a guess? Are we, that I, was okay, a guess. Get, all right, let's <laughs> That's go. my second guess. That's a good God. Wow, we took bad swings at this, John. <laughs> I mean, you can you can ask a little bit of questions if, if you want. I can rehash something. I think, it it, you know, I, I'm i churning my brain uh, to get to kind of some of these. I, I feel like you, you really cloyed what you're hiding here very well, insofar as, like, there's enough information imparted that it's very easy to just pop a little nugget mm -hmm. and then hide it behind some yeah, other things so intricate yes yeah uh hmm how about we take one more stab each okay no clarification all right because Go. what you're saying i think holds up i don't even know where to start asking a clarifying question. yeah yeah so how about we make two ridiculous things and then we okay. get the sweet sweet release of truth okay that sounds good to me <laughs> okay yeah uh you know you go ahead uh the first thing i came is um the the controversy is contrived that is that is going to be my my lie is that they they did not actually claim that they to jazz. He did. Okay. So piece of right. shit through, well, through history. Yeah, well. yeah, and oh, I didn't really uh, add to it, but he also made a lot of racist remarks uh, in his later years as well. I mean, but, who hasn't, yeah, exactly. really? Uh, particularly from that time frame, and for the individuals who are co-opting other people's cultures, because I mean, you know, a, a lot of the folk music and Africanized things that managed to infuse their way in 
it's laughable that individuals start sort of like attempting to claim that it's like oh no no yeah we, if you had rhythm involved in music that was not like a polka waltz like mm, dun, dun, mm, dun, dun, any alternate rhythm patterns are not quite caucasian in general yeah, certainly not anglican yeah. so yeah that just laugh at that yeah um you say uh, the name of a place is storyland storyville is the name of the red light district that's the lie. No. You were close, though. Fuck. So Storyville <laughs> is the name of a red light city district in a city. Okay. Okay. That is that is not where the, the musics took place, then. No, no, no. Storyville... Well, okay. All right. All right so, so I think we're there. Yes, I, yeah, I think we've danced so all around it you know, well enough. With that, I will say that Storyville is the red light district in New Orleans. New Orleans okay. is the birthplace of Dixieland. Okay. I wanted to... I kept trying to look up things that talked about the various cultures. I wanted to find mention of, like, the Cajun culture. Okay. Um, like, that sort of, like, idea. Um, but I couldn't find anything, So I and I didn't want to dig too deep into it because I spent a lot more time reading about this than I probably should have. Okay. That's fair. But, well, you know, um, it's fun because you do need to be able to kind of, like, improvise so, and catch on some things if yeah, we yeah. start actually, like, you know, holding your feet to the fire. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, <laughs> which yeah, so, requires intellect greater than both of ours apparently yeah, yeah it's alright um, the other one I, 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 I was I'm glad that I got this passed um, because it makes sense I thought in the head of like you guys who are you write music do some music um, the harmonies are always simple They're, they don't get complex they don't start with something easy and then they just like keep adding to it working with it or whatever like one of the main things about Dixieland is that it is very simple melodies that people just play around okay right? mm -hmm. so they don't play something find it's nice and then they go back to the drawing board and play with that and then they they don't do these iterations and stuff it's just simple all the way through oh, okay most most pieces are just easy melodies easy harmonies. okay I think we're probably working on improvisational jazz and playing off of that yeah, as yeah, the foundation yeah, yeah. and so it's what we're associated it with yeah yeah, yeah. okay mm -hmm. all right but that was well done yeah yeah um I feel stupid so, so what you're good. saying is you just wanted to jazzercise it a bit yeah yeah actually okay. yeah all make right. it make it way more complicated than it needed to be so uh, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Richard Simmons and the uh, the Jazzercise slash Deal a Meal plan. Yeah. Uh, if you are interested in hitting the flux capacitor and floating back to the mid '80s to watch people in oh. purple unitards shaking their flubber all over the place, you can do so. Yeah. I mean, if you manage to find a strange time machine just hanging out in the back corner of a uh, coffee shop that you are working at trying to get a $5 hamburger, and you're just going to go through a rabbit hole and decide whether or not you want to try to save Kennedy from being assassinated because you teach high school English, then this might be the way for you to go. So, Richard Simmons, deal a meal, jazzercise. It's going to melt those pounds away as you get some fun exercise in day-to-day here in the heppest of tunes that are derivations of Dixieland jazz so that you can get your dicks engaged. Dixieland. I think that does it. <laughs> I don't know how you beat funny jazz and Richard Simmons. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, unless you've got a different kind of afro being um, brought in. But So what do we... So next time we're doing your topic. Yes, yes. We'll spring that. So if, you, uh, if you're going to plan in on... Uh, you know, plan in? Dear Lord, I had a series of small strokes there. I'm sorry. Here we go. 
Round seven. Uh, if you plan on tuning in next time, we'll tempt you with a little uh, a sousson of what's coming up. We are going to discuss the most scintillating of all topics, uh, Levian Satanism. Yes. Which requires a payment plan, from what I understand. It's yes. like Scientology. They just have less money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, less money, extra steps. And no John no, Travolta. Less steps. No John Travolta. No John Travolta. Nah, nah, you lost me there. I mean, his his works are from hell, but <laughs> he's not affiliated with the devil. It's different. And that is going to conclude this edition of the Disinformed Podcast. We sincerely appreciate you taking some time to listen to us, and we hope that you enjoyed the episode as much as we did recording it. Please do us a favor, float over to your preferred podcast provider app, and subscribe to us there. And if you're so inclined, you can even leave us a review. It immensely helps to get our name out there, and it also lets us know uh, what you feel about how we're, uh, how we're doing here, if you're enjoying the show, as we most certainly are. Uh, If you're looking to connect with us on social networking as well, you can find us on Instagram at Disinformed Podcast. We are on Facebook.com slash Disinformed Podcast and on Twitter at Disinformed Pod. But that will do it for all of us here at the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. And I'm Michael. Thanks for coming, everyone. Don't worry. We'll clean it up.